Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hey everybody, Stefan here. This episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite sub box yet, the Cryptid Crate. You see, Josh got one of these for his birthday, and I was super jealous because it was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he received first was all about the Flatwoods Monster, which of course is one of our favorites. And it had a t-shirt, a book, a patch, mug, and some awesome stickers. So I checked out the price to get one for myself, and let me tell you, it is well worth the value. These make excellent gifts for yourself or even friends that are cryptid lovers as well. Now, if you use the coupon code FEARSCAPE, you will get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off individual purchases. So go ahead and head on over to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate now and get yourself one today. The SCP multiverse is under constant assault, and destruction can come at any moment. Therefore, having just one database is a folly the Foundation can no longer accept. Join Dr. Kevin Milgram and SCP-073, Kane, as they create an oral history of the SCP Foundation in Memories of Kane, an SCP story, hosted by Daniel Dremus. For should the Foundation fall, the unkillable first murderer of man will live on. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month on the Fearscape Media Network. Visit fearscapemedia.com for more information. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are here to enlighten and possibly frighten you. Uh, this is your host, Stefan Gearhart. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the monster that Frankenstein, the doctor, actually created, Josh Rutledge. How are you, sir? I was doing pretty well. I had to oil my light, my left arm the other night, but uh, but otherwise, watch I'm out for fire. I know you don't like fire. Fire I, bad. Yeah, fire, fire bad. bad. Fire definitely bad. Fire is bad. Uh, you know, in the book, you know, you went up to the Arctic Circle up there. So did you find the hollow earth? That's, 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 well, yeah, actually, I I did. There was a there was an entryway there, um, but it was small, and I was too big to fit through it. Mm, so mm. I detached my left index finger, and it went as far as it could. But alas, there's no ears, eyes, or nose there, so it really couldn't tell me anything. Yeah, 
Gotcha. Um, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, uh, <laughs> we've got a really cool episode. This has kind of been on our bucket list. Uh, you've heard Josh talk a lot about, and me as well, the documentary Lights in the Sky available on Amazon Prime uh, that he stumbled across. And uh, we are very lucky to have the writer, director, producer, the whole nine yards of Lights in the Sky. Krista Alexander is going to be with us tonight. The, uh, the one-woman band uh, for Lights in the Sky. <laughs> Hi, uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the band, Krista Alexander and the Lights in the Sky. <laughs> well, I just think I just think of the the old school, like the the person who was like had the you know the, the kettle drum and the the cymbals on the oh, knees yeah. and the harmonica and like it's like the whole person is the band, you know. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, we're very, very excited to talk to her uh, about this uh, as we love the documentary and we're going to get some insight uh, and go deep into some weird stuff as well and see how she feels about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but before we get to that, let's get moving into our segments of the week, um, which we'll get to in a second because I just want to remind everybody, hey, don't forget to rate and review this show okay just want to put that out there i'm gonna shove it down your throat uh okay whoa, whoa. sorry sorry josh sorry whoa sorry back, having back frankenstein up. flashbacks man oh, uh, no goodness. seriously uh feel free we would love for you guys to rate and review the show wanted to say that a little bit early uh it was one of the biggest things you can do to help us out uh so let's get into our first segment of the week which is psychic word of the week and now uh, Psychic word of the week. Psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from uh, June G. Bletzer, PhD. Rest in peace, honey buns. Uh, we have, uh, well, I didn't flip through the pages this time. Josh actually said, go to four, five, six. And so <laughs> I opened up to 456. And uh, the first uh, phrase that I saw here was partial impersonation. So that's what we're going to go with here. Says to allow an etheric world intelligence to intervene and take control of one's body and physically move parts of the body. Medium is slightly aware of movements, occurs in a trance state, happens during a learning process of full impersonation, takes place in many seances before full impersonation is accomplished, allowing both entities to synchronize with each other in a healthy manner. So it's like something comes in and only moves your right arm, but full impersonation is they have control over the entire body. Yeah, that's what that's what I think, which is interesting because that's kind of like what me, you, and Santosh were talking about in 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 some regards uh, about channeling, right? You yeah. Know? So and we'll talk about that because we've got some experiences we want to share um, in creepy catch up, and we'll talk about that then. But yeah, very very interesting. That's the one thing I love about this. <laughs> Is that we always find something that either fits with the guest or fits with our creepy ketchup, and it is purely random. I promise you guys, it's so yeah. I mean, random. I, I just closed pick. my eyes and I was like, "Go to four fifty six. I mean, or I, I flip through the pages and yeah. I just literally, no matter how big or small the definition is, I grab the first thing that grabs like my eyes. You know what I mean? So very very interesting yep. um, especially what we have to talk about um, but yeah let's go ahead and move on I have a little bit of spooky news for you so let's get into spooky news all 
All right, so uh, spooky news. Now, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if we've actually talked about it very much here, but I know we talked about it uh, on Astro Stew when we record. Oh, which is not out. It'll come out next month. So we may not have talked about this at all. Um, But the new UFO videos that are out there uh, that the Navy has kind of come clean with. And so this story, uh, the headline, this comes from foxnews.com, uh, comes from pyramid, or excuse me, says pyramid-shaped UFO spotted by the Navy may be the best the world has ever seen, filmmaker says. Jeremy Corbel is quoted as saying, this is probably the best UFO military-filmed footage, certainly that I've ever seen, but I also think that the world has ever seen. So as we're getting closer to disclosure date, here's another video that comes out right and this one has these pyramid ufos so here's what it has to say the pentagon has confirmed the authenticity of newly leaked video and images showing multiple ufo sightings by u.s navy personnel as the government prepares to release a highly anticipated first of its kind report on ufos this summer an 18 second video shows what is described as three pyramid shaped ufos hovering over the warship uss russell at night in july of 2019 off the san diego coast at one point the pyramid shaped crafts reportedly hovered seven hundred feet over the tail of the Russell. This is the first video the public has seen from the July 2019 incident in which mysterious UFOs described as unmanned aerial vehicles reportedly harassed at least three U.S. warships during military exercises over multiple days. At one point, matching the speed and bearing of one destroyer for 90 minutes while performing brazen maneuvers. Months earlier, An F-A-18 pilot reportedly used his cell phone to snap photos of three different unidentified aircrafts off the coast of Oceana in March, including two UFOs dubbed the Metallic Blimp and the Sphere. The unidentified aircrafts captured by the pilot in 2019 were able to remain stationary in high winds with no movement beyond the capability of known balloons or drones, according to MysteryWire.com. Uh, I can confirm that the referenced photos and videos were taken by Navy personnel, Department of Defense spokesperson Susan Goff told Fox. The UAPTF Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force has included these incidents in their ongoing examinations. Uh, and the video and images were leaked to a filmmaker named Jeremy Corbell. He's the guy that made the Bob Lazar Area 51 and Flying Saucers documentary, uh, as well as leaked to our favorite person, George Knapp. Corbell and Knapp independently confirmed the leaked documents are unclassified images that were part of a series of classified briefings intended to educate members of the U.S. intelligence community about UFOs traveling in restricted airspace. Uh, And this just goes on and on to talk about more of it, but it's absolutely phenomenon. And he talks about he's not able to debunk it. He's not able to do anything like that. Um, But this was something that was added into the mix in terms of getting ready for the disclosure doc. So uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's a pretty cool video. I mean, I got to say it looks pretty rad. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I mean, the the description of pyramid is is very spot on. I mean, yeah. It does not. It does not look like the typical triangle craft that people report as a triangle craft. It, it very much looks more three dimensional. Right. So now we're getting into Stargate, right? <laughs> like right. And yeah. uh, the Project Montauk Egypt stuff, where they, you know, a lot of these old ones say that the pyramids were crafts, and so it's interesting. Here we are seeing this again. Well, I mean, Stargate even 
went as far as to say they were just landing pads, right? Right. Uh, the the movie the movie Stargate, not uh, not the, the crappy project. show. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say the I'm project, the project Stargate. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, the show yeah, was so, spectacular. I'm just <laughs> so, but needless to say, it's it's starting to come across as if um, these videos that we're seeing are getting better and better that are getting leaked uh and i think this is all part of it if we go into our conspiracy theory heads here that uh you know they're uh getting close to disclosure that we're going to get more and more of these videos i think in the next couple months before that so that when stuff comes out people are like oh yeah we've seen that on news so a, a new theory that i have around disclosure is that the official congress delivered report will be sub subpar but either before or after that an unofficial report will be leaked that'll have far more detail and they'll use to the stars academy to distribute it maybe i mean but i mean uh, again we could also be at a point where it's not going to be subpar um and it's just true with all the sci-fi movies and everything we've had just like we talked about before that people are just going to be like oh well yeah well, that's neat because they're not going to come out and say it's aliens that's not going to happen well no and and so well, that's, basically but, but, all they're going to do is reiterate what they said before is that yes there are unidentified things in the sky we need we need <laughs> three trillion dollars to go continue to investigate it yes because it could be china it could be yeah russia <laughs> it's it's probably it's probably um the uh, Nazis in in the in Antarctica. That's probably what it is. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah. So very very interesting. I'm I'm very interested to see what else leaks or comes out over the next couple of months. Do we do we have a date for that? Do we know what that date nope. is? Still no official date. Huh. But they just that, saying sometime in the summer. It was supposed to be ninety days, but we're I think we're pretty close to already being past that. So. Well, I thought it was six months post the signing of the bill and the bill was signed towards the end of january yeah. so that puts us into like june july yeah so so we'll see we'll see we shall see um but yeah so uh let's get to the cool part which is uh creepy catch i've got some cool stuff to talk about creepy catch creepy catch creepy catch creepy catch y'all it's creepy all right, creepy ketchup. Uh, we haven't had creepy ketchup in a minute because uh, we haven't had anything happen. However, you came out to Arizona and hell broke loose all of it. Just every, yep. <laughs> every well, we did, bit of it. Yeah. For your second hell, trip, you came out. Hell, here. hell did break loose. Actually, I mean, I think it just it slipped off. It slipped off. Um, so uh, something that we did is is you know you were here with your family having a good time and just you know visiting like tourists do but i was like can we go out to the middle of the desert and go look at ufos because when you were here last time it was cloudy the whole time yeah. and you were like yeah well, I can it was happen and it was cold and and, and like we didn't want to sit outside oh, right well, this time. time the weather was perfect yeah and uh i just kind of got somewhere like 40 minutes north of where i'm at yep. and i found table rock mesa or just table mesa i can't remember the name of it it's on i-17 and, and i found and, a road pulling off yeah one of the like the busiest dirt roads that oh, I've ever. I found, well, that was the whole point was like i was looking for just a boring ass road it's a dirt road so i was like cool ain't nobody gonna be here it looked like it was in the middle of nowhere um and it was 
but my God, did we have so like many cars coming past seven us? Or eight dude, we cars got valley fever from all of that dirt in our throat. Flying man. past us, man. I'll tell you what. <sighs> so, and the well, number, and the well, because we were going to go into this pull off, big pull off like area, but there were like people in, there was somebody in a uh, SUV totally drinking and possibly doing stuff. So, we didn't yeah. want to sit in there. That would be awkward. And, and let me just say, you know, when you pass someone on the side of the road on a dirt road, it is not necessary for you to then quickly accelerate so that you spend more dust and rocks on oh, those people. They almost almost every one of them did it. Like that was so. No one slowed down. No. Like, they all sped up. I was like, y'all are jerks. Because we're sitting there on the side of the road. I brought some lawn chairs. We're sitting behind it. We're just trying to look at the stars. Which, by the way, amazing because the mountains were right loaf so it blocked off all the city light if there was any yeah and it was just spectacular yeah you could see a little bit of glow from the city but uh but not too bad you know that far north so yeah and now the mountain i said looked like a miniature version of the one from close encounters of the third kind it was yeah. really cool um but anyways we were like yeah. oh so we did we sat out there for a long time we talked josh wouldn't sit down because he was scared a scorpion was gonna crawl up his leg um <laughs> and uh we're sitting there and we're just ufo hunting and um at the same time we were like hey you want to do some estes and then uh josh was like well you know i've got this thing i've been doing i'll let you kind of explain yeah so um it's it's really weird uh it's happened this was probably the second time that it's happened when it was out there um but you you call it a channel i don't know that i would call it a channel but because i feel like i'm awake like you when you channel you like go in like you disappear and again i'll say um not everyone goes into a trance when they channel i yeah. go into a trance when i channel like i said the guy that channels bashar he does not go into a yeah. trance he just it's on um so there you have a very and i don't mean to be rude but you have a limited view of what channeling is right okay so you just have from me your perspective yeah. is that so uh, and we're pretty still sure. figuring it out with Santosh too, because Santosh kind of agreed with me. So, I'm pretty sure you just called me ignorant, but that's okay. I'll, I'll take. Uh, I did, but only because you have not gotten that I know. knowledge, I'm that not, information yet. So, I'm, you're not bothering me. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay. But anyways, so, <laughs> um, like, so before I came out, um, like I said, I, I did, had a similar experience where I felt like I was talking with Indrid Cold, uh, now, which this is important because you know i want to reiterate here we've got wristwatch going on which is our um patron our patreon site um we've had you know some emails from terry wrist supposedly terry wrist that has really led us to some very interesting things which we'll talk about here shortly but it's also reinvigorated uh the whole injured cold idea and um there's this theory that injured cold is out there um tanya even talks about it she can connect to him through telepathy you can kind of speak to him through your mind and you've been trying that and so far it's been oddly successful yeah so um while we were out there um you know i said hey why why don't we do this why don't we instead of going into full estus i put the uh i put one earbud in one ear just so i had some i felt like i found a channel that was mostly static right yeah i just told to you have white some, noise would help you know white noise uh left one ear open and i said let's just try and see if you can have a conversation uh with Ingrid. and um i will admit that although i i do remember most of what was talked about 
um, it, it feels like I'm remembering a dream. Um, like, but you Sign know, we have a channel. We we recorded it. Yeah. And um, I I have gone back and listened to it, but um, he definitely dropped some interesting tidbits. Yeah. Uh, so the way you did it, so you've done two recordings recently, which we're going to put both on wristwatch, I believe, as well as my Estes session, just because that's kind of where it's heading right now. Um, the first one I asked the questions. So that's, yeah. that's what we did out in the desert. And I asked questions. The second one you did, you actually asked the questions and were able to respond, which is why I brought up the partial, um, whatever that word was uh it was because i feel like part of you like i feel like you were able to channel half of your brain while your other half stayed very conscious and they were both active at the same time because you're like oh i feel like a telephone he's able to speak and then i say it and i'm like no you're speaking in real time which means that he's speaking through you Mm -hmm. um you know or just as your wife would say really good improv yeah um but which i which i am not i'm not improviser (laughs) Um, So, but anyways, yeah, while you were out there and we don't want to give away too much, um, uh, but I'll let you say what you wanted to say about it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he, he did well. So I guess like, I don't know how far into the conversation that you were having with Ingrid, uh, you, you saw the the ufo right UAP. Well, the, i was letting you say what you needed to say before i got to that because oh, yeah. i i don't i don't remember what yeah, i was we don't want to give away we like i said it. we want to save this for our patreon uh for our members of wristwatch um to dig into the mystery with us and help us find some answers there um but yeah during that i'm watching the sky and of course earlier there was a, a ufo that i thought was crazy and i was like oh wait that's an airplane um <laughs> it got yeah. me i got scared though for yeah. a second but that one we both got i think yeah too. uh but this one i'm sitting there and all of a sudden these two stars that were just sitting in the sky start moving they've been there a while because I, I i tend to watch the same area for a long time and mostly it's because i'm lazy and that's where i'm facing at the moment <laughs> yeah um but i'm sitting there i'm talking to injured cold and i'm i'm just talking all of a sudden these two stars start moving and they're moving in tandem so they're actually one in front of the other they're moving like one is like has a trailer behind it right so it's moving behind it and i'm like i quickly i was like i'm sorry i know you're like with injured but wake up i want you to look i want you to look and you look up and you're able to see these two lights in the sky uh moving together and then all of a sudden the first light well the the one in the back stops the second one keeps going and then it blinks out after like five ten seconds well and it's interesting if thinking about the recording or, or the conversation too i think you had just asked indrid how old he was mm-hmm. and he laughed and, and like he laughed and then that's when you saw right and i saw that and i woke you up and so the interesting thing is, is so yeah we saw that one light blink away and we checked our radars you know later everything i i couldn't find anything um but what what the other interesting thing is is that that one that was in the back that stopped it stayed there the whole rest Stay of the there night. The whole it rest was of the there night. the whole rest yeah. of the night. I looked up on my um, star chart thing. I could not find a star that was supposed to be there. So I'm not sure what it was, especially because it moved, you know, in, yeah. from my perspective, two feet across the sky. It's just, it was, it was mind blowing. It was really yeah. cool. And it's, it's crazy that it seems like two of the best sightings we've seen so far has been together. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then, 
you know, we did, I don't remember, something like 20 minutes or something, but it, it got crazy for me um, towards the end. I was just uh, so cold. I mean, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Your whole body started shaking um, really, really bad, which is why I ended it. Um, uh, and to me, uh, psychically, that shows me you not being able to maintain the connection like you were having yeah. trouble, like because well, I wasn't that cold. I listened when I listened to the uh, to the audio. There's a point towards the end where uh, Indrid says, "I don't know how much more Josh can take." Mm-hmm. So, very interesting. It, yeah, uh, and then I did an Esta session because uh, I knew I was ready to channel. I was already feeling it. But what happened was really interesting because I ended up channeling two other three three total three total the the normal one who we've I think we've established my is Gregory. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, is my normal channel. And then two more, even one was a female. It was very interesting for me to listen because, you know, I'm tranced out. I'm gone. Yeah. Um, and to hear these very distinct voices, it almost reminded me of that movie Split. And I was like, am I crazy? <laughs> well, and, and what what the what the audio doesn't pick up because of where it was placed in proximity to you is um, like halfway through uh, your channel, this like donkey off of the distance starts going freaking crazy. Like, uh, and he's just just going on and like just freaking out. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's just reminding me of in my backyard that time when those coyotes were going just yep. crazy. Just so. crazy. And even when we were Shane, those coyotes went crazy. Yep. So very interesting. Like I said, we're going to um, get these up on wristwatch as well. Um, I, I I would like to try to transcribe these as well as some of our older ones as well. Yeah. I'd like to transcribe. Um, but needless to say, it was a really, it turned out to be a cool night because it was like an hour and a half of nothing happening. And then all of a sudden it's like when, you know, like, here we go. We're getting yeah. into meditative states and all of a sudden there's lights in the sky. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it, it is interesting. And I would say that, you know, uh, if there's anybody, any of our fans who are listening, uh, who are a part of wristwatch and maybe wanted to transcribe some of that stuff for us. Yeah. Let us uh, know. We will let us know raw audio. Yeah. Because uh, so, uh, we I'm have to find a program, but it's not cheap. No. And, and, and I've like the programs where you load the file, if the file's not like pristine, um, it doesn't usually turn out well. You need somebody to listen and type out what it is. Yeah. But, but I, I want to go back all the way back to the very first time I channeled and, and I want to transcribe everything and take well, a look. I'd, I'd think it'd be interested in go back to our very first Estes, yeah, which I was outside Waverly. And yeah. start doing some searches and see yeah. what we find. So, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah um, really cool. but, but talking about wristwatch a little bit, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Terry, uh, quote unquote, Terry wrist, uh, the person, uh, you know, that's contacted us before. He contacted us again. We did. We got another email at like three in the morning or something. Yeah. I don't remember whose time zone that was, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was at a time when I was dead asleep, and you probably were had like just gone to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, 
it, it has also some very interesting information. Apparently, he liked our Astral Stew episode about cannibal cannibalism. <laughs> How about so, celebrity meat? Yeah, alternative um, man. But yeah, and it's it's. I'll tell you what, it's awakened us. And don't forget, we've got Olaf Phillips working with us as well on this. Yeah, um, on our chat, and it's like, good man, this has really yeah. kicked some doors open for some. Oh things. my goodness! Because he's like, he's basically like. Y'all aren't going in the direction I wanted you to. Here's a little nudge. Here's some names. Here's yeah. some other things. And it's it's crazy that we've gotten these names, not only from supposed Terry, but from Injured Cold, uh, from the sessions Josh yep. has done. And they connect to things that we're already looking into, like full first name, last names. Like, right. this is some crazy shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, the like the like we were looking into something i think this might have been from the second no this i think this was still from the first bit of messages but um we found it was like um so mylar so it's a, a tie back to hell right so the mm-hmm. mylar balloon mylar is just a, a brand name of the material that is a mylar balloon is what it's made out of right um but it is very similar um, the properties of Mylar is is very similar to the properties described from the Roswell crash, yep. uh, being you know like a very you know uh, tensile strength strong material, but but also like flimsy kind of like you know uh, aluminum foil and stuff, um, and so it really makes you think. Uh, the Roswell crash happened in '47. Uh, the material that 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 Mylar is was patented in like the mid '50s. So is that a byproduct of the 1947 Roswell crash? Yep, and like we talked about too, right after Roswell, we get the Air Force. And right. one of the uh, main people that Terry pointed us towards had his hand in creating the Air Force, had his hand working with balloons. Uh, right. It's, it's all, <laughs> well, all and crazy. Then, and then the weird swords thing. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the lines was like, uh, the further you get from the truth or something like that, the truth will come at you like swords. And and we at the time just thought it was some sort of a colloquialism. Or you know, a tarot have, reference, because yeah. there was already another tarot right. reference. Um, but after digging into to a name that I got from Indrid Cold, after digging into that, I came across an individual who uh, who worked or worked with MUFON, uh, was also a university professor back in the 90s, uh, did several papers for MUFON, and his last name is Swords. Yep. And there's so, some I mean, more connections and things like that that, you know, you got to yeah. join wristwatch to find out. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, that's a little. But, I mean, it's this this little this rabbit hole is uh, is quickly expanding um, and, and even there are clues upon clues upon clues that we are still just beginning yeah, to find. Yeah, we've got numbers that are, that are in the emails that Olav is like checking into. One of them we yeah. found out turned out to be like a number two NASA, like yeah. um, a, a specific line at NASA. I mean, it's all crazy, man. I'm just yeah. telling you all this is this is nuts. And and if you're just a listener that's sending us all this stuff and you're not terrorist, keep it up because this is really crazy cool <laughs> and we're digging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we yeah. love uh, and you'll hear Krista talk about this in the interview, but boy, Boy, as people, we do love our drama, and I am yep. eating this up. I love it, yep. and I want you guys involved too. But uh, you know, we wanted to not have to take every episode to talk about it, and uh, this way, you guys can help us raise a little funds to keep things going. So, yep, and you know, and just you know, just something that uh, I, I want to throw out there. You know, it, it, 
so we've been talking with Alan Greenfield about the possibility of this Terry being the same Terry that he interviewed. And, you know, I still hold true to my theory that, you know, this Terry wrist might just be uh, kind of like a Dread Pirate Roberts type situation, you know, with with it's 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 whoever needs to be terrorist to involve the right number of people. But one of the things that Alan said is, um, hey, if you if you if you get an opportunity to ask this Terry uh, what make and model a car he was driving when he had the interview with Alan, that would be something that Alan would know that would help him know that this is the same Terry. I, to me, I don't like I said, I'm not too hung up on uh, if it's the same one or not. I mean, it would be cool if it was, but um, it's still feeding us some fantastic information mm-hmm. that is leading to all sorts of um, connections uh, with other stuff that we were already looking into and, and other things that we're getting from channels and so on and so forth. So, yep. And uh, so if you want to join wristwatch and join the folks that are there and uh, see the emails and see the stuff that we're going to be putting out there slowly, um, you can either go to fearscape podcast.com slash support, or just go straight to patreon.com slash fearscape pod. Yep. So either of those get on there and like i said it helps us do more much like my birthday fundraiser i got out there if you're friends with us on facebook you can find that birthday fundraiser trying to raise some money we are uh doing a lot more traveling and uh, i need to get to somerset we're trying to hook up with our boy nathan isaac's nathan isaac out there and so any travel expenses will help and all that stuff as well as trying to put together a little bit of a tv pilot little yeah hint hint and uh and really we're getting some direction from terry and from that we need to go to Colorado. So, yeah, uh, so we yeah. want to check out Boulder, Colorado and some other places. So I'm just saying uh, anything helps and uh, it's for my birthday. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, let's go ahead and move on because I really want to get to our interview with Krista Alexander. Um, but uh, I, I just want to say, you guys, this terrorist stuff is crazy. So let's go ahead <laughs> and take a break and we're going to get right back to Krista. So stick around. Ghost in the Attic, Spies in the Basement is a paranormal true crime podcast. If you enjoy tales of horror, lore, and the unexplained, murders, mystery, and so much more, tune into our bi-weekly podcast. With us, your hosts, Anna Temperley and Lindsay Behe, coming March 17th to the Fearscape Media Podcast Network. Available on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you may listen to your podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. I am your headmister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, and even pretty princesses. (laughs) Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. (laughs) That's a good laugh. All right. Thank you guys so much for sticking around after the break. As promised, we have Krista here with us. We're so excited. Lights in the freaking sky. That's all I want to say is um, normally we kind of hit up a person and we're like, cool, we've heard some good things. We're going to watch your thing to get prepared for you coming on. But this was we watched it and we were like, we have to track her down. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. So uh, welcome. Welcome to Fearscape. 
Awesome. Thank you. That's an awesome introduction. <laughs> that's that's all I do well. So good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Thanks for tuning know, in. <laughs> Josh, um, Josh hit me up week i've got his been forever now yeah, a and uh, and he's like have you seen lights in the sky yet and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i think so and i i had not seen it um i was thinking of something else and then i finally sat down i was like oh, i'm gonna check it out and then i was like oh my god why didn't you tell me about this sooner he's like i did <laughs> oh that's awesome i love hearing about that i'm in my own little world here so i don't really know how people are perceiving this it's so strange. Um, well, well we have been spreading the culty news yeah like the last 10 shows we he's told every guest that we've had on the show that is so cool and we've been preaching about it telling people because it is um it is such a fan it's something i would have never thought to do um you know the the closest thing that i thought of was there was a woman and i forget this every time um there's a documentary about a woman that has been filming uaps and ufos and lights in the sky since like the 1960s um using this old school um, film recorder and she has had the most amazing things caught on film and so that was what I originally thought of I was like oh is that this and no and then it's like it's taking what she was trying to figure out to the next level is, is right it's it like taking a microscope to it essentially uh, I mean, so my my wife I am so far tumbling down the rabbit hole and my wife is still very like on the edge like you're gonna fall and hurt yourself you know? so <laughs> um, so i'm i'm trying to introduce her to things that i think uh are are things that she won't be able to process away right so, so she won't be able to find an, an explanation for that in her skeptic mind and so yeah. um I, after watching lights in the sky i sat down with her and i was like you need to watch this with me and so she's like sure so she's you know kind of uh crocheting while she's watching it and like are you paying attention like yeah and uh, so i stopped like you need to watch the next five minutes of this and so she did and it was right in the part where you slow it down and you get like the the pixelated bugs and stuff yes and she was like oh how does how is that happening and i don't understand that and so like that was my Ah, finally you see something yeah Yeah. what's crazy about that part of the film is that it's really the one thing that i have no theory for whatsoever (laughs) it just does not make sense i don't know if you guys i I shared an article with my facebook group yesterday on a called lights in the sky and they just found out that if you put electrons inside of a superconductor that the electrons convert or i'm sorry i want to say revert but somehow form on two-dimensional planes Wow. Which is insane because the insects look like they're on some sort of two-dimensional right. plane that's like some sort of shell surrounding yeah. Earth. It's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. It, well, and it made me think. So today I was driving to pick up my kids from school, and I live on kind of a long street that's just bordered with trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say 50 yards ahead of me, uh, there were some trees and they were, you know, the, the wind was blowing, the leaves were kind of moving, but it looked very shimmer, shimmery, like almost like when you have heat rolling off the pavement on a really hot day, that's what it looked like. And I was like, is that my, are my eyes messing with me? Or is like, is that, you know, is this like a glitch in the matrix situation? You know, is this, <laughs> you know, the, the, the rendering, uh, in front of me is, is messing up, you know, like in that whole idea that we, you know, Elon Musk has talked about that whole idea of we live in a virtual reality. Um, and so it's just really, you know, with, with your, with your capture, with your findings of those kind of two dimensional, um, uh, 
pictures or icons or whatever that, that, mm. that you found and then the shimmering thing and then the virtual reality but it just really got me thinking you know is that the case are we really just all plugged into some big computer network and it's just trying to keep up with how fast our brains are processing things mm. i you know i'm a huge fan of the simulation hypothesis but i think people like musk and a lot of people like him i think their initial assumption maybe of the simulation hypothesis is that there is some sort of outside external creator mm-hmm. that's you know playing us as if you were some kid in your room playing a, a computer game you know what right. i mean but I actually don't think that at all. I do think that we are in some sort of simulation hypothesis, but I feel like we are the creators. Yeah. Well, so it, it reminds me of, I don't, I don't know uh, how many uh, geek friends out there, but if you ever saw Stargate SG-1, the series, Stefan hates it, I know. But um, it, was a, it was a show that was based off the movie Stargate that came back, what, 1999 or something like that is when the movie came out. But... Um, they they stumble across a world that's just beautiful mm-hmm. and they and there's like a dome kind of like a biodome type type facility and they go inside and there are all these people plugged into these machines um and so they get the the crew that's on planet they get trapped inside the machines and they find out that they're all living in a simulation their world was basically ending uh so they built these machines to go in to save themselves and keep their minds active over was supposed to be a couple of hundred years they got trapped in there for like a thousand years and so then it was like a try to figure out how to get them out of this simulation all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. the world had recovered from whatever the natural disaster was supposed to be mm-hmm. but it's just it really makes me think is that something you know did we put ourselves in here right because of some natural disaster and so we've been interacting in this world for so long that we don't know that there is an outside world Well, I have a big problem with the external alien thing. I mean, I really do. It just doesn't make sense to me because the nearest galaxy, the nearest galaxy is what, 25,000 light years away. Right. And if they were us and we were them, essentially is what you're implying, then those are biological creatures. And you can't have a biological creature travel 25,000 light years at all you know what i mean it's like well maybe they were billions of years advanced from us and it's like but it just doesn't yeah add up well it's not even billion years advanced i mean it's uh, maybe they left billions of years ago right and they have had uh families that have grown on these ships and we're seeing generation after generation i mean who knows who knows to me that sounds more like sci-fi but um gosh you're right who knows well, the other thing is, is we tend to think of things in linear, linear distances, right? So we think of going from our where we are in our galaxy to where where we would be potentially in the next closest galaxy is a linear linear movement. Um, but when you're dealing with you know fourth and fifth dimensional, you know, with time and space, hmm. there may not be a linear move. It may just be a matter of folding space so that you blink out one place and you appear in the next. Sure, or wormholes or black holes have different physics than we right can. but i feel like the only thing that could travel through something like that would be pure photon just font photons well not actual that, well that know. comes down too we also think as humans that they need to be um you know corporeal solid beings i mean what if they are photon beings right you know that exactly. they're, yes that's a good know, theory i like hard that theory. light right you know there's <laughs> yeah. that in sci-fi there's that theory of hard light that right. there are um a species that is able to that are photons that are light or these different things and they can make their bodies hard when they need to, which could also be why some of these um, 
things disappear when you're trying to look, right? I mean, mm-hmm. right. They just kind of blink That's out. That's what makes them unexplained. <laughs> you know what, though? I firmly believe when I first started, so starting on this journey for me was not anything that I had ever had planned. My dad watched UFO videos when I was a kid, so I kind <laughs> right. of, I was open to the idea, but I didn't know tr- who Travis Walton was. I didn't know who Dorothy was. In fact, mm-hmm. I didn't see Dorothy's film. And in fact, if for the people who are listening who might not know, that first story you told about the woman who filmed on an old eight film camera, um, her name was Dorothy. Right. And I didn't see her movie until after I saw my own. And that was the very first time I had ever been introduced to the idea, right? So um, I, totally lost my train of thought on that actually i'm glad you reminded me yeah dorothy yeah. um that's what she does she's so yeah. sweet like I'll, all i can think of her is i'm like i just want her to hug me like, so i'm totally going off track from where we were going but i have to say this when i no, think of dorothy no. i think that she's someone who people look at and say she is there's something about dorothy there's mm-hmm. something about Dorothy that these lights like. And so they're attracted to her soul or spirit or aura or whatever you want to call. But for me, I'm, I'm really starting to think further that I don't think it is a person related thing. I think the lights are there all the time, but it seems to me the majority of people think that it's an individual basis. Right. And it could be. And I just looked her up. So it was capturing the light, which is why I got it okay. uh, confused with yours. And it's Dorothy Izot. Um, But yeah, it's like, why not? It's just energy, right? I, I can totally right. vibe with that, that energy can, and, and it does, energy can form and move mm-hmm. dependent. I, hell, we could look at psychic energy or things like that. We talk about Miyamoto stuff where he sees the water crystals changing based off of different emotions being looked at it and different things like that, mm-hmm. that energy could do the same. Though I will say one of the things we talked about video games earlier was that some of those pictures that you found, they look like old space invaders, like, Atari uh, things was immediately what I thought. And I was like, it's like, are they, is it copying, right? I I don't know. (laughs) Well, the beautiful thing about the lights in the sky and scientists actually do study the UFOs, they just call them plasmoids. And so the lights in the sky are plasma. And what's beautiful is that multiple experiments have demonstrated that plasma can actually be described as a living thing, which is crazy. It can communicate. It can procreate. Uh, it has all the definitions of being alive. And mm. so everything that I've seen in the lights is that they do have emotion. They do have consciousness and they are not made of material mass. But I have a new theory and I have another, I'm creating another documentary and I have a theory that goes even deeper and I'm super excited about it. But it's basically the next stage of plasma. When you when you put a ton of pressure on, on elements, then they, all of a sudden, like the most pressure you could ever imagine, like the inside of the earth times 30, Mm -hmm. right? Or 300. It becomes something what's called a superconductor. Mm -hmm. And a superconductor, they can do this with helium and they're trying to do it with something called deuterium. And I'm not going to get too far into it because it's my next documentary idea. Right. (laughs) Right. We'll talk about it the next time. (laughs) What's interesting about superconductors, and you can research this, is they can create their own magnetic field. And it's another state of matter. And a state of matter isn't linear. It's a circle. So once you go into what's a superconductor, where you kind of look, start looking like metal, which would describe all the metal ships in the sky, mm-hmm. you can hop between all the other four states. So liquid, gas, invisible, basically, wow. right? And and it, and then plasma. It's really beautiful. And then if you have this consciousness, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> I love thinking about it. 
it made, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast today, actually, where he was talking about Bob Lazar, and he was mm-hmm. Bob Lazar describes this this was just metal ball, up. right? <laughs> and he says that he goes up to this metal ball, and he was told by his superiors that this was something that fell out of the sky, right? Can you look at this and tell us how to work it? So Bob Lazar said it was a silver ball, if I remember correctly, and every time he would try to put his hand next to it, it would be pushed away like it was a magnet. That's what exactly what you would expect a superconductor to do. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting theory. I love it. And I hope more people kind of grab on to this new way of seeing reality as opposed to, hey, these are aliens from Andromeda and they have long, beautiful blonde hair and they abduct our women and rape us. And you know what I mean? Like, it's no, just, those are angels from the Bible. They did that. Why not? You know, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe that's just our sad or inhibited i want to say sad that's not right our inhibited way of trying to make sense of the world around us mm-hmm. yeah, we talk so, about it all the time john keel talks about it all the time the old ufo sightings and stuff like that they kind of called fairy sightings or different yeah. things like that as if mm-hmm. they used what their mind could kind of figure out to explain what they were seeing it, and also i think that it, it probably is true that it doesn't have to be one thing right it it can be a superconductor, uh, a plasmoid. It can be an, a physical craft. It could be interdimensional uh, entities. It could be uh, extraterrestrial entities. It could be ultra-terrestrial entities. Until we can prove that everything is one thing, it, it stands to reason to keep, you know, keep an open eye, so to speak, as to what the possibilities could be. Well, here's the thing. I have looked at a lot of videos of the lights in the sky, right? I have never seen anything that remotely looks like a ship carrying a being. Mm. It just, no way, and you know what? I have people email me and they're like, aliens are real and yeah, okay, fine. There's lights in the sky and you got on that, but you know what? Aliens do exist and I know it. And it's like, okay, well, send me a video where it looks like a ship. Mm -hmm. Send me a video where it looks like nobody can do it. So I feel like in 1901, there was the first sci-fi mention of a creature from the moon. Um, I can't remember the name of the author. Um, And he described these creatures as what we would now consider greys. It was H.G. Wells. We just talked about it recently. Exactly right. And then that was the very first description ever of what we would call Mm greys. And then the same thing happened from another sci-fi artist, um, author, a a few decades later. And then a decade after that, we have the very first mentioning of Grey's abducting human beings, which is Betty, um, Betty White Betty and her Barney. husband, yeah, Betty and yeah. Barney White. Yet they didn't say that they were abducted by Grey's until after hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm right. friends with a real hypnotist. And I asked him, I said, is it, can, will hypnotism like make you remember things that you forgot? And he goes, no, hypnotism is not from memory recall. Now, the same thing with Travis Walton. He didn't say that he was abducted by these creatures until after hypnosis. Now, this is a very, very, um, I, I was told by somebody once to not say this in public because it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, right? Especially people who think that they've been abducted before. Um, But I do think that if we're really looking at this from a scientific inquiry and we really truly do want to know truth, we have to be able to ask those types of questions. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you bring that up. Um, I'm actually reading Walton's book right now and he just got to the point where he's talking about being abducted and it is. He's like, this is, here's my hypnosis session. Mm -hmm. So it did, it took place then. Um, But last week we had Ralph Blumenthal on and um, he's a a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and he uh, he just wrote the book, uh, The Believer and it's about John Mack and John 
John Mack was a non-believer. Uh, he's a psychologist, and he went into research um, abductees and contactees because he wanted to be like, okay, what's really going on in your head, guys? And after years and years of research, he became quite convinced. He never really had his own experiences, but he became quite convinced that they did indeed have these experiences. And it came from a very, very science background. Um, it's quite interesting, and I highly recommend that book by Ralph Blumenthal that goes really deep into that. And it even convinced Ralph, who's a pretty big skeptic himself, um, he's never seen anything, but just all the research made him take a second glance. I will definitely look into that. And I do want to say that just because I feel like it's it might be a coincidence that it wasn't until after hypnosis and mm-hmm. sci-fi pop culture that people started seeing greys, um, there are historical documents that describe being abducted you know sure, yeah, such as Ezekiel yeah I mean it that I like I said when we talked about it uh wherever we either on the show or our YouTube show um they mentioned that, that that you know it pop culture really drove that it's the same thing when Jaws came out all of a sudden everyone was seeing sharks in the water all the time anything that hit them or bit them was a shark um mm-hmm. so yeah I definitely don't disagree with you at all on that point right but but like i was saying you know just because now so carl jung actually i'm a huge carl jung freak mm-hmm. and um he what he heard about the ufo thing and he was like okay there's something to this so he goes over and he starts interviewing all of these pilots and and, and you know right. credible sources trying to figure it out and by the end he realized there's some truth to this right, right. but why are they grays why are they being defined in this way and his his theory, which I agree with, is that um, this is how mythologies are born. Sure. Yeah. It's just, again, like we said, our inhibited ways of describing reality. So we think about Ezekiel's wheel and uh, in the Bible about um, the lights from the sky that came down, Mm -hmm. but they didn't abduct Ezekiel. I know there was somebody in the Bible who got abducted. I can't remember. Well, well, I mean, Jonah got abducted by a whale. (laughs) No, I know you're talking about someone was taken up into the sky. Um, Got to see heaven and all these things. I don't know. Um, One of them guys, one of them Ezekiel's. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Oh, oh shut up. I hate you. (laughs) 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 Anyway. I think, um, think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable when i start talking about a different theory of the ufos because um it has become almost kind of like a religion for a lot of people for sure and i would not have known that before i wasn't that into the ufo world you know i was just calling it as i see it you know and uh it really really bothered people and i started realizing the depths of, of how deep this goes. I just had some guy comment on Facebook about uh, being parents, about with young kids and telling them about aliens instead of trying to hide it from them, right? Trying to freak our kids out. And he said, you know, my mom, she was obsessed with these grays and all the books on the bookshelf had all these scary gray aliens. And I was freaked out and I was laying in my room and every night I could have sworn they landed. And you know, it's, it's a surprise. I'm a somewhat normal adult now. And um, it just goes to show how deep into that psyche this is. Well, you know, something that, talk about um, a a different theory, something that I've been really evaluating lately is there there are a lot of similarities between um, uh, the, the, what happens with an abductee when they're, you know, when they're taken and also with those who experience astral travel. 
So, you know, the, mm. the, the body becomes, uh, you know, rigid, uh, almost, you know, paralyzed. Uh, they, they have a, a sense like they're floating, uh, being uh, taken, moved through a wall. Um, oftentimes they see a bright light uh, and, and entities moving around them. And, and when, you, when you read and, and talk to people who have uh, done astral travel, um, and then you look at people who have done who, who have been abducted <clears throat> there are a lot of similarities and so um i i think i on some other facebook group that i was on I, I posted something to that effect and man i was attacked hard and it's i'm not i'm not trying to discredit anyone i'm just trying to think about there are some similarities here between these two things um you know is is are people being abducted or are they being abducted through astral travel is it an astral abduction so to speak an abduction of the spirit of the mind and not so much of the body i mean it's just i don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions i'm not trying to offend anybody i'm just trying to ask questions and it sucks it sucks opportunities you know i have i started this group and i have people who i started it for scientific purposes because that's just kind of i'm a really rational person and that's just kind of how i think and then that's how i made the group and then i started getting all sorts of people so i have my christians who are on there and they have their beliefs and then i have my my like skeptic scientist guys and then i have my my hardcore ufo people you know and getting these people all in the same group and conversing and stuff you start realizing um that people yeah i guess just what i had already said that this is truly a new belief system just like carl jung said i mean he called it he called it well, and that's it's gotten like, worse since then. Well, that's what I was going to say. And Mac kind of uh, approaches this stuff, too, from a psychological point for that reason, because people want answers to why they feel the way that they do. And sometimes people don't like researching either. And so they kind of take something. It's enough to fill in a gap and it explains things, and it, it does it becomes like religion because when you say something against that it all you take it it is almost you're saying it against them personally right, right. Yeah. and yeah. you know we try to look at everything as uh even though you know we are believers in different things we still are very open to everything it's, that's out there because until there is 100 definitive proof of something yeah i need to be able to come at things from as many different angles as possible and sadly uh, most people, especially Americans, are very singular when it comes to something. It's like they get stuck on something and they don't want to change and they want to sit in it. And uh, that's that's tough for not only belief systems, but politics, everything. <laughs> so. Well, you know, and you know, and you want to come up with another theory of why some people are kind of hesitant to look at this from a different perspective is because it's boring. You know, right? All it's of not those as sci-fi fun. films and the yes. grays. Ooh, that's exciting! I'm gonna get abducted. I want to get. Please choose me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, you know, actually, they're just another living creature in the sky. You know, um, that's it. It's not. They're not here to take you, and they're not. You're not colluding with the government, and you know. Um, but for me, I feel like that's even more interesting because it's closer to the truth and it's actually more beautiful because it is the truth, you know? Um, but human beings, man, we love drama. We, we thrive on it. Um, and so if people want to continue having those theories, and that's great. I have a lot of friends who firmly, firmly believe that there's humanoid aliens and spaceships flying around. And, you know, um, and I'm, you know what, I'm ne- never say never. If some if if someone sends me decent evidence, yeah. um, that is definitely something that I would consider. 
So what do you think, and I'm just going to shift gears here a little bit, because I know we're talking about lights in the sky, um, but how do you think this all kind of translates to Bigfoot and uh, other cryptids that people see or kind even of around? hauntings, right? Or hauntings. And, you know, one of the things that we're constantly looking at is how does all of this phenomenon, so to speak, uh, how is it all related somehow? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how are how are UFOs related to Bigfoot, related to ghosts, related to poltergeist, so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it, if the, if this is all somehow related, that's a big if. Uh, but if it is, um, how do you think lights in the sky and, and the, the entities, you know, the energy entities that exist uh, would fit into the theory of like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, all those types of things where, where people have, I think, probably more physical evidence for like Sasquatch and that sort of thing with footprints and, and tree tree structures that have been built and that sort of thing. Um, more so probably than, you know, UFOs, so to speak, um, for evidence. You know, I actually have to disagree with you there because I feel like video evidence of the lights in the sky and the serious amounts of documentation from all of the countries in the world for decades now. Um, I mean, how much more evidence do you need? You know, people well, see these lights all the time. I'm not arguing life in the sky. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just talking about, you know, you said that if somebody could present physical evidence of a craft, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So so I'm just saying that there's probably more physical evidence for Bigfoot than there is okay. for physical evidence of a craft. So, so how do you feel it all fits together? So personally, for me, I thought Bigfoot was just a fun thing that, you know, oh, Bigfoot, let's go. You know, it's a fun thing. Um, and then I started getting more into this paranormal world and I started realizing, no, no, people actually really do believe that there's a Bigfoot, right? And I just never took it seriously. I was like, that's just too far off for me. I, I don't know. Um, but then I watched this documentary recently called the um, 411, The Hunted. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I've seen the, like, the first one, the? the Hunted one, but I've seen the first one. Um, okay. It's just called uh, Missing 411, and then Missing 411 Hunted is the sequel to it. Okay, I didn't know there was a first one, so I'm definitely yeah, watching that. <laughs> basically goes over the same stuff. It's just that I think by the time they got to the sequel, they kind of had a better idea of what was going on. Okay. Uh, the first one really plays this idea. It's like, are there serial killers? Like, what is this? People are being uh, people are going missing in national parks and things like that. But when you get to Hunted, it gets a little more... Oh. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy is that a lot of people think these lights are like our saviors. You know what I mean? Um, but there actually are a few stories from multiple parts of the world where the lights are somehow associated with something you don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another scary prospect, too. Mm-hmm. So in the, to answer your question about how the lights in the sky are related to Bigfoot. If I had to make up a theory after watching the 411 documentary, and again, that's all the research I've done on Bigfoot, yep. so I'm, I'm completely inhibited here, but I would say um, the lights in the sky are able to mimic sounds that we might associate with creatures, which isn't too far out because I did just read an article a couple of weeks ago that the military has created a defense system um, invention, I guess, I don't know, where they can create plasmoids, okay, lights in the sky, that with a long distance wave beam machine can make that light in the sky sound like a human voice. Hmm. Okay, so this is actually possible. We can replicate this in the lab. So why can't the actual lights in the sky also use 
waves. Now, again, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I have to see the footprints. I have to yeah. see the videos, and I haven't. So. No, I like that though, because I'll tell you two things. So one, uh, one really interesting thing when you kind of look at um, uh, an atheist skeptical view of uh, the Bible, right? You go back, you learn a lot of things. Uh, about how sound can travel through fire and things like that, that possibly the burning bush could have literally been somebody half a mile down and fire will amplify sound, which is really, really interesting. And so there's theory that, um, you know, uh, plasma and different things like that as well can amplify sound. Um, mm -hmm. I also used to work for a software tech company that worked on augmented reality. And uh, one of the, th we had a military contract. And one of the things that we worked on with them was these devices that um, while they were in their augmented reality in this warehouse, to them, it looks like say Vietnam, there's also these devices that would move around that can throw sound into different areas and to do different things uh, and to mimic things but it may be all the way on the left over there, but it'll sound like it's coming from behind you. Like it's it's way above my pay grade. I don't know how the science was or how it was right. done. I just got to see some of it in action and it's it's insane. And that was a military contract where they gave us some of the information to build upon. So I kind of am definitely with you that like, yeah, I've seen some of that already just in a different uh, medium. Right, right. I, and I think audio is a huge part because you want to talk about evidence. I've seen a lot of videos where the audio just is not explainable. Um, and I, again, we're talking about the 411, the hunted again. Yeah. Um, that that audio in that film freaked me yeah, out. Man. Me I had to watch it like <laughs> seven times in a row just over and I'm like, just what yeah, I did the same thing. I ended up putting in my earbuds yeah. to my TV and it's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm like, I was just bored. I was like, I'm going to watch something, right? I don't like to watch fictional shows. I only watch mm -hmm. documentaries. So I saw this thing and I was like, whatever. I, I'm, I'm, my husband says I'm too obsessed with lights in the sky. So I need to watch something different. <laughs> and so I start, I'm like, I'm just going to watch this, like, you know, people going missing thing. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing all these coincidences and I'm like, shut up. That's kind of like the lights in the sky. And I was like, I really am obsessed with this. I need to stop. <laughs> and then by the end, he was like, it's lights in the sky. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should crazy. definitely check out the first one, missing for one. It's not as cool as the okay. second one, but it'll definitely fill in a couple blanks. Like mm -hmm. very, how, and that's, kind of how it happens for us it's like my wife is like can we not watch something that has to do with the paranormal i'm like sure and we turn on something and it ends up there's a ghost in the house or something and she's like i hate you yeah. <laughs> and i'm like i didn't know <laughs> it's everywhere you know i i was looking at lights in the sky and i had all of a sudden i just had i was just inundated with emails and people wanted me to edit their videos and mm -hmm. at first i was like yeah sure totally i'll edit your video and by the end of it i was like oh my god i don't have a life you know i can't edit all these videos <laughs> um so I, I don't anymore unfortunately sometimes i will but mostly i don't um at this point side note me looking at lights in the sky and showing people what they are is kind of in my per my past now I know the lights and ex exist yeah. and I, I know what they look like and I know how they yeah. behave. And so now my next venture is trying to figure that out. Right. Um, so, you, so you've got a, um, you've made your, you made your um, observation. You have mm -hmm. a hypothesis and now you're going to test. Right. Thing. That's what I said. It's like yeah. Stephen Greer. It's like man has three documentaries that comes out every year and they're all just the same information. <laughs> it's like, Oh, UFO documentaries are the same information. Yeah. It's in ridiculous. a lot of ways. Yeah. And people love it. 
Mm. They love it. And it's like Stephen Greer's films. I think the reason why his films are so popular is because he, he made, he did that thing where he had all those people um, go to the Senate or whatever and give their, um, you know, yeah. Their disclosure, I guess. And that was great. That was huge for the movement. But now, and again, somebody else told me, don't say this in public. And I I don't really care too much, right? Um, I think Stephen Greer has either knowingly or unknowingly created a cult. Yes, that's what I've yeah. been saying the last four or five episodes. Is yeah. that he's like David Koresh, like because yeah. I'm watching the way that he raises money too. Like, because yeah. I live, I live in Phoenix, and so he, I'm, I think he lives in Scottsdale because almost all of his big events take place in Scottsdale. And they're like mm. five grand just to like have dinner with him, and I'm like, yeah. what? this sounds like for, Tammy for Faye 70, Baker and them for seventy five thousand dollars. He'll come and hang out with you for the night. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's and people like, are like, he's great. I love him, and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just all these rich white people that are like, yes, give him all the money. And now I, I live in Phoenix, so Sedona's not far. They're all up there. And they and don't get me wrong, I like Stephen Greer. I like that he's taking a positive outlook as opposed to a threat. But still, it's like, man, I just I get this cult vibe off of him that it's becoming this religion in a different way. Because just like you said, yeah, he's like, no, the lights in the sky, they're benevolent and we can make them happen. And uh, we've tried doing the CE5 and haven't really had any experience. He's like, there's a secret cabal in the government and they're against us and they know right. how to do free energy and they're keeping it from you and mm-hmm. we need to we need to join together donate now paypal accepted yeah you know? as he's driving his tesla and i know oh. how to i know how to contact the lights because i'm spiritually advanced and this is how you do it just pay me now and i'll tell you oh and right. if you can't it's because you're unworthy and this and is miss <laughs> cleo she'll also read your tarot too <laughs> and people eat it up why i think and i was talking to my husband about this I think it's because he puts hundreds of thousands of dollars into his films. And my graduate degree is in um, communications and media management, mm-hmm. which is just another nice way of saying propaganda. And I know, which sounds bad because I'm a documentary, film, documentary filmmaker, but um, if you want to be seen as a professional and if you want people to take you seriously, you got to look the part, right? Yeah. And so I think the simple fact that he's a white man, right? I, I really think that has a lot to do with that. Who um, has money? He's educated. He was a yeah, he's, he was a trauma he, surgeon. He tucks his shirt in and he stands up tall, right? And he puts all of this money to have like these cinematic style documentaries. And so all the people are like authority figure. Everything yeah. you say is correct. No questions asked. You know. Huh, I never thought and about that. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Well, and, yeah, because I, I mean, also- clo- even Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, I was like, this is really well done. Like, yeah, you do, you do look at it as opposed to most of the docs that are on there. Well, and- it's just the same old clip show. Essentially, yeah. I think I think there's also probably people who. Um, and I'll I'll use myself as an example. So, who were raised uh, rather religious. So I was raised Southern Baptist, um, and who somewhere around the line uh, uh, started to really question their upbringing and, and question what was real in the world and the universe and such. And then maybe they had an experience. Maybe they saw some lights in the sky that they couldn't explain. Um, and so that really took them away from. Um, that kind of religious upbringing that they started with, but they still had the predisposition, if you will, to attach themselves to a religion, to a to a thought process, to a concept. And so then you have uh, Stephen Greer who comes along and takes the UFO experience and makes it spiritual. Well, I mean, and already you're looking at 
the apple white from heaven's gate that's essentially what him and um whatever the lady was that they did heaven's gate was they were a ufo cult that's exactly right. what they were and that's mm-hmm. why they killed themselves at hail bop because they said the ufo is here it's really? going to take our spirits into uh into the spaceship and we're finally going yeah. to meet space jesus like yeah. I said, there's a really great doc on hbo max highly yeah, recommended if you've not, on heaven's if gate. You've not seen it or have hbo max it's but yeah they were a ufo cult it's exactly what you just said and they had all mm-hmm. these people that were spiritual grew up they lost all that um it was the late 60s early 70s when the movement started and they were looking for something sci-fi was hot and uh they jumped right into this and they they were a crazy ass cult yeah and so no, we, go ahead I was just going to say, I, I don't think Greer's going towards a suicide pact. Like, I don't think that's in his path. <laughs> who who but... knows, man? Or is he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who knows? dude? Because dude talks about being depressed all the time and how people has around he? him has died, that he thinks the government mm. took out his wife and all these other people around him. He was the only one that survived. Who knows? You never know. No one ever thought Marshall Applewhite was going to be like, hey, let's kill ourselves like it it came out of nowhere because he was in a, a point of desperation especially if you watch the documentary he's and i listened to a podcast about it too he's at a point mm-hmm. of desperation where he was losing members he didn't know what to do the uh, the tea or dough or what they call themselves tea and dough she died but she was kind of the spiritual leader he was always kind of the business guy and he mm-hmm. just didn't know what to do without her and they, that kind of came out of nowhere and it kind of brought people backed and it gave this kind of like hardcore aspect to the cult so you never know that's what's scary right and i think a lot of people don't have they don't believe okay so we have to look at society from a very objective perspective right okay we have to kind of take our emotions outside of that and that includes with ourselves right and you have to look at society as for example data and I'm a huge, like I said, I'm a Carl Jung nerd. Mm-hmm. And the thing that attracted me to Carl Jung initially was his theory on personality. And that's a really, really um, taboo theory. And people mm-hmm. do not like it. And actually, <laughs> most people who think they know that theory actually don't. Okay. Yeah. So, which is very interesting. And then when they do know the theory, they don't like it. So basically what Carl Jung said, and this is what Myers-Briggs is based off yeah. of, um, was that like 80% of the population is just like not thoughtful. They don't, they're not, they don't have any real thoughts. They're very easily persuaded. Um, they're just kind of predictable animals. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when, you know, the Germans were like, we can control that. <laughs> yep. That's we another can control doc- that. There's another documentary. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you on HBO Max. There's it's called Personality Tests or something like that. And it yeah. talks all about that. <laughs> and so people don't want to admit that they're they might be a part of the eighty percent. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Who would want to be a part of that? No one wants to admit that. But no. then, but then you know, one day, your mom's killing herself because she thinks the aliens are coming, yeah. right? And she's giving you the Kool Aid. And whatever happens, you know, it's it's insane. And it's it's so interesting when you really allow yourself to kind of get a bird's eye view of of our people. And that's another reason why I don't think the aliens are our ancestors or our cousins or our parents, right? Um, because humans are nothing on this planet. We're just the creatures of the moment. But even yes. in that regard, we're nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one day we're going to be gone because the planet can't sustain our needs. 
Um, and that's just how it is, you know? And then there's going to be another species that does well on the new earth. And gosh, who knows? I think the lights in the sky have been on this earth way before anything that looked like a homo sapien. Well, God did create light, right? If we believe in that, that was like one of the first things he created says, you know, God said, let there be light. And there it was. So there it was. If and you think about how long route. the dinosaurs were around, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really crazy. I mean, <laughs> and phases of them. You know what I mean? I know, I know. <laughs> You're like, oh, I love T-Rex. Well, T-Rex was only like this part, the, you yeah. know, like an inch of the full time scale of dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's when they became a, a space train race and went off and, and, and populated Mars. You're right. Yeah. I do hear some interesting theories of like Native Americans because I noticed that the lights in the sky were appearing around a lot of Native American ground. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to look into that. So I, I did some uh, research into the mythologies. And I don't know if you guys have heard about the first world, second world, third world, fourth world from Native mm-hmm. American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is they describe these beings who live in the earth who took humans, I guess, and brought them into the earth and they called them the ant people, which is kind of interesting yeah. because the greys kind of have that, you know, ant. Well, that gets into the shaver mystery too. You're getting into hollow earth, the Darrow's taros that lived underground as well. It's all, yep. it's all kind of sounds similar, you know? <laughs> yeah, gosh, there's so many beautiful mysteries and it's just so overwhelming. And I don't think it's possible for any one person to like wrap their head around it. No. Well, you know, you, you were talking earlier about um, do are, are the the lights in the sky are not really a personal uh, thing. They don't they're not attracted to one person in particular, but they're always there. And it's and that's something that we have talked about quite a bit over the last probably six months. Is that pr- probably all this stuff is always here. We just don't see it or we don't interact with it because we are tuned out to it, if you will. Um, we're just we're not. Uh, we haven't expanded ourselves to be able to see uh, all the stuff that's that's actually occurring and, and interacting with us on a daily basis. Right. It makes me think of this video. You've probably watched it. Um, it's a fun little skit, I guess, where these kids come onto a basketball field and they're all wearing different colored jerseys. There's two teams and there's a basketball and you're instructed count how many times the red team throws the basketball or something like that right and so me I'm like I'm totally gonna kill this I'm like like focusing really hard and I'm like watching the ball perfectly and then I'm done and I'm like okay I know the answer I got it right and then they're like did you see the giant monkey running in the middle of the team and I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) what giant monkey no I didn't and gosh you know if I can't see a giant monkey how the hell am I supposed to see little lights you know yeah <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Or anything else. So I used to do, I used I used to teach summer camps and stuff too, and I would show that video to the kids because they would be just blown away. Right. <laughs> They're like, yeah. "You're showing a different video," and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, I am always looking up at the sky, and Same. it kind of pisses me off because it's like I have to live vicariously through other people because. I don't think the lights like me, apparently. Aww. Right? Yeah. I can't I can't ever see them. I've seen a couple of strange things. Um, but they with Stephen Greer, you know, he's like, you just gotta you just gotta meditate and picture yourself on the planet and they'll find you. You just gotta ask them. And I'm like, okay, where do I live? The mountains are to my west. <laughs> yeah. How do I look like from above? <laughs> well, so so I've got a trick for that. We got yeah. to for that. You go to Google Earth and you zoom all the way out. 
Right. And yeah. then you zoom all the way into where you are. And so then when you picture it, you picture that Google Earth image in your head yeah. going all the way into where you are. I'm, I'm laughing so hard right now because the whole concept that I'm going to like GPS the lights is just so funny to me. No, um, hey guys, I got it. It's Google. Look. West of 95. <laughs> now, what's really bad is, is Google Earth is what, six months old at any given time? So, yeah. um, you know, you might be there might be a Kmart there now, and I don't know. You know the, yeah. the lights in the sky are like, this is wrong. Where is she taking yeah. us? That's <laughs> like my... Go to the big oak tree and take a left. So. I took my... I, we went to uh, Prescott, Arizona two weeks ago, and I took my nephews. I was like, they're like, I want to go UFO hunting with you. I'm like, all right, let's go. So we went up to the mountains, you know, and uh, my one nephew's super scared of everything. He's like, a serial killer is going to get us, you know, just mm. scared through the whole thing. So we're mm. laughing, but we were driving back home after not seeing anything, and uh, we're driving back home and I have this app that's a fake app but it like pulls up where I'm like guys you guys want to see if there's any ghosts on the highway <laughs> and they're like yeah and so I'm playing this and it's like you know it just brings up different words and stuff like that yeah. and they're like oh my god and uh, at one point like it says something and it, it connected it looked like every time my, my youngest nephew would say something it would it would go but he didn't realize it's because he saw the red bars going up which meant a word was coming he didn't make that connection so his older brother was like you notice every time you say something it says something and so something it like something said it was like the next to die and my oldest nephew leans into the phone and he goes his name is and he says all four of his full names he says his entire address he says where it's at and then he goes top bunk <laughs> <laughs> and so I laugh because that's what it reminded me of that GPS. It's like he narrowed it down so that's much. Like, <laughs> the evil ghost to get his brother that he lives up on the top, top bunk. bunk. So it's um, adults like you. Why our children can't dissociate uh, reality from fantasy. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just I'm just carrying on the tradition that was handed down to me. Yep. It's so much cooler that way, isn't it? It's so much fun. I told them I, you know, I made sure to tell them uh, all the stuff afterwards. But man, for those two, three hours, it was pure joy. Yeah. As soon as you start going at the quantum level, different electrons are moving around with neutrons, and this is how they behave with high density. And you're like, uh, what? Uh, no, actually, they're here because they can talk to you in your mind. And if you close your eyes at night and breathe slowly, you can. You, they'll come to you in your room. And it's like, ah, maybe, maybe I'm just being too cynical because it just doesn't. Yeah, you know, I maybe I sometimes I wonder if that's true, if because so many people see these lights. OK, this is what I have to say. The reason why I keep talking about it is because I have this group and I have a lot of people who see these lights mm -hmm. often. They see them consistently night after night after night. And I can't ever see it. Right. So it begs the question. Right. Why are you seeing it? Right. And if they all say, oh, I'm. I, I meditate or I'm spiritual or, or something like that. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, if that's true, how does that work? That would mean that if we look at it from a scientific perspective, which is a bit boring, they're giving off a certain frequency mm -hmm. that the lights can pick up on. Sure. And how strong would that frequency have to be to compete with all the other frequencies in the area to go all the way up to these but, random lights in the sky, right? But, For me, I feel like it has to be topography and location. Um, well, I don't but, know. But you're also, again, thinking about 
the frequency that it has to travel in our very linear thought process of space and time. Right. You know, it could be that it's a frequency that travels in a completely different dimension that these lights exist within. Right. I mean, so um, I think to, to think that what we see around us every day is the only thing that exists. And so everything that happens must exist within that same plane. I, I think maybe that is part of the, the problem with people who try to evaluate these things as a um, they are happening in our space rather so that we are experiencing it in their space for a okay. brief, for a brief moment of time we are experiencing it in their space so like quantum entanglement i think is the only other explanation for that and if <clears throat> or are you saying that we can't even we can't even hypothesize because it's not even something that we could possibly entertain I think it's probably the latter. I mean, it's it's probably science that we haven't grown to understand yet. Okay. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I come at it from a different viewpoint and even think about, um, you know, you have to sometimes think about too, how, how much things, how many things have you seen that you immediately discounted too, right? And mm-hmm. so maybe that was either A, legit something or B, that's something that those other people did not discount right they see every light and say oh my god i saw something whereas josh and i have definitely seen some lights in the sky but the very first thing we do is we jump on to check our satellite checker to see if there was a satellite in the sky we check flight trackers we check everything that we can to immediately take out whatever we can take out but then you like i said you have people on the other side that any light that's in the sky is that light that's in the sky where we know probably every night it's because they're seeing the International Space Station every night or or whatnot. But then the flip side to that is, is that I have a theory, and I'm not a scientist, so it's bunk, but I have a theory that I kind of feel like if the paranormal does exist, that um, it's one of those things you can't see until you've seen it. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's like once you see it, it's almost like it it makes it, where your brain can accept it like i've said to josh hundred times it's like mm. you get a jeep all of a sudden you see jeeps mm-hmm. everywhere and you never you're like good god why there's so many jeeps or mm-hmm. like they talk about the native americans when columbus showed up that they probably were not even able to register these giant boats they didn't even mm. they weren't seeing them but then after that they saw them all the time like they could see uh anytime a boat would come they were able to handle it so i, I kind of think about it like that too and it's kind of and in a way for some people especially if it comes to hauntings or something like that it, if it's legit it could be a curse it's like because you can't turn it off you know yeah well and i and i'll just go back to the to the science that we don't understand yet i mean look at two years 200 years ago we didn't understand the science that we have today um, and 200 years before that, we didn't understand the science that we had, you know, 200 years ago. So, so science is ever evolving in, in, you know, jokingly say it, but today's magic is tomorrow's science, uh, because that's the way that it's always been through history. A lot of the magic that was, you know, uh, being conducted at the time, quote unquote magic, like they, they labeled it magic. Then we wouldn't mm-hmm. label it magic now, right. Is science. And so, uh, who knows, uh, what will be the science of tomorrow, 200 years from now? Yeah, it's it's insane to think about. It's absolutely crazy. You know, I have a theory that I sit with personally that feels right to me. You know what I mean? It, it, it fulfills or satisfies my rational thoughts and also my more um, spiritual side as well, which is that 
and it sounds so new agey, but I think that's what quantum theory and for me, the lights in the sky um, indicate this is that we really are um, in some sort of, we are all energy. I know that sounds no, well I'm with you. And we are all one. And I think that's insane. And we are the universe experiencing and we are the universe creating itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more we look, the more we'll find because we're creating it. Yeah. And the more and more we're starting to see science starting to move towards that as well. Like that, you know, was such a new age theory 50 years ago, but now there's finding some basis to it that energy is legit there is and then there's things that like antimatter and it's just that we don't know anything about we still don't know what the hell black holes really are like it's right or even if that's what we're looking at i mean it's really just a theory right Um, yeah and i think for me i if when i was you know 10 years ago if someone was like at a party and had mentioned quantum theory i'd be like what dude what are you talking about quantum theory (laughs) you know what i mean i'm like i don't know what's you know but now it's like oh okay i get it um, and you try to, and you, but you just have to constantly understand. I think for me, I have to constantly remind myself that most people don't understand quantum theory or un- even have even tried to understand it mm-hmm. or even want to understand it, you know? Um, and so at that point, you just kind of have to continue, I don't know, doing your own thing and taking that into consideration because quantum theory is scary. And there was a reason why Albert Einstein called it spooky and why he had a lot of problems with it. And a lot of people still do have a lot of problems with it. Like some people don't even want to call it a science anymore. Yeah. Uh, We're even getting closer to quantum computers and everything. But it's happening, right? It's happening. It's not, I mean, we're theoretical in a lot of aspects because uh, we can look at the data and and better make, you know, hypotheses and see Mm -hmm. if they come true. Um, But the idea that you can look at something and just by thinking of something, just by observing something that you're somehow bringing it into reality and you're you're making it concrete in our physical world and everything else is just a probability. What? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) It's hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah. But the lights in the sky for me. So I never I wasn't like I love quantum theory and I'm going to look at (laughs) I'm going to look at the lights in the sky and and put that perspective onto it. Right. It was like. I looked at the lights in the sky and I was like, how does this make sense? And then I was introduced to quantum theory, right? Even though I had already had had an interest in it before, yeah. but never as much as I do now. Um, so I think lights in the sky are beautiful. Again, I'm, I'm coming out with another documentary. I haven't, I've only written the outline. I'm not even close to releasing it, but um, I have a theory that I'm super, super excited about. And um, it's basically, you know, explains and answers so many of the questions I have and I think the most beautiful thing and the conclusion I have is that the lights in the sky have the potential to teach us to show us through observation if we observe it and actually think about it scientifically and try to understand how it's possible on a physical level mm-hmm. to maintain our species on this planet as long as possible yeah right because I do think the lights in the sky are demonstrations of free energy and if we can harness that, if we can figure out how the hell are those lights up there? Where are they getting their energy from? What yep. kind of, why is it acting like that? How can we do that? How can we do that? And I know, I'm, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody in the know, but I'm pretty confident that the government knows about the lights in the sky yep. and they have scientists looking at it going, what the hell is that? Yep. 
and writing papers. And I think a lot of our modern technology is from observing the lights in the sky. Yep. It's beautiful. And I, and conspiracy theorists out there will say the same thing. And I kind of agree with them that, yeah, that I think they, they may they may have already even harnessed some of that energy. And that could explain some of the other UAP UFO things that are out there because the the energy was already harnessed. They're just not ready to let the world know because... Or- they're using it for their own, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're using their, it own for their own craft stuff. Yeah. stuff, you know. Well, I, you know, my dad is intelligence in the military. He's in, in the military and for the government now. And I was a broadcast journalist in the army. And mm-hmm. um, I guess when you get into the system and you kind of see how it works, I would put a lot of money that the government does not have access to free energy. I think they're trying, Mm. and I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people might think, but that's not because they're keeping it secret. That's because people don't care to read the news stories and put it all together for themselves. Yeah. Right? But it's there, and it's public information. Yep. Well, well, you know, it's not it's not every day I go out to the Department of Defense and read their press releases. So. <laughs> right. But when thank God for Google algorithms, because whenever I yeah. swipe left on my phone, it's like the Internet knows exactly what I yeah. want to read. Yeah, that's <laughs> because you're psychically telling the Internet. Yeah. What you <laughs> it's weird, man. It's freaking me out, but I love it. <laughs> well, Krista, thank you so much, man, for uh, taking your time and uh, coming on our show. And uh, God, I really appreciate your perspective. Um, sadly, it's a pretty rare one in this field. Um, and so it's it's really nice to see um, a different perspective on things and a willingness and openness to check out other perspectives as well. Uh, again, thank you so much for checking us out. Lights in the Sky. You can go to Amazon Prime, other places. Uh, please, if you haven't already heard us preach about it, Y'all need to check it out. Is there anything else you wanted to let people know about that they could check out? Um, You know, I think if you want to get in on the conversation, go join uh, the Facebook group Lights in the Sky. It's a pretty good group and we're all open and we're not mean to each other. I think a lot of people, what I'm noticing, there's so many people who have seen these lights. Yes, we're we're so It's fun. They're so afraid of telling anyone. They don't tell anyone. Um, And so this is a safe place. And uh, I really feel like the more people that come out, the more confidence we can give others. And that's really what we need right now. Yep. Yep. Uh, Again, I I, I second that. We have a lot of fun in that group um, as well. And that's kind of how we feel about um, all that stuff is that, you know, there are safe places. Find them, seek them out and, um, you know, see what you can do with them. And also, thank you guys so much for having me on and kind of being cheerleaders for me. I think that's Mm -hmm. super cool. And I'm really, really thankful for that. Oh, yeah. You get that second dog going, let us know. Because we we A, want to watch it before other people get to watch it. Yeah. And B, we would love to help you promote it because we love lights in the sky and we're so thankful you were able to do that yep. yay thank you cool all right thank you krista yeah that um, was fantastic you are the bomb again hearing that you are so busy and have all this stuff going on i really appreciate you taking a slice out of your uh day for us to have an hour with us we really appreciate it yep and uh, i mean if i haven't said it enough i mean the documentary <laughs> is spectacular i mean it really has i think for my wife, who is, um, you know, the, the stereotypical skeptic, it really has, I think, forced her to think about things differently. Yeah. So, well, it's that hard um, science. That's what we like. That's why we liked John Mack and, and Blumenthal's yeah. book on John Mack, because he was all about the hard science. And I love that I introduced her to that book. So I think she'll <laughs> really get it. I think she'll really like that book because it comes from that same point of view. Um, so, but again, thank you, Krista Alexander. Make sure you guys are going to Amazon or wherever you can find it and check out Lights in the Sky. Uh, it's fascinating. It's yeah. really interesting. 
and oh boy i can't wait to see what her next one is i know it's gonna be spectacular as well um, but we're gonna get moving on i actually don't have a listener story this week um taking a break from that just this week you can still send in your uh listener stories but after kang's last week i'm still processing uh, <laughs> and so you can send in those to fearscape podcast at gmail.com or uh on any of our social medias or anything send us those listener stories we want your yep. experiences and we love them um so but we're gonna go ahead and get out of here uh just a reminder fearscape podcast.com slash support <laughs> get on wristwatch don't forget this week i believe uh is the psychic social experiment uh yes so it is in two days if you're listening to this on wednesday it is in two days the psychic social experiment there are still tickets available um scotty rorick uh keith age rock and roll ghost hunter it's going to be amazing uh that's fearscape media.com slash psychic so you can get tickets there six bucks so that's all the schlepping i'm gonna do josh i promise <laughs> that's it that's all the schlepping i'm gonna do but we're gonna well just here. you know i know you dropped at the beginning of the show drop it at the end rate and review it really does help um you know it, it i don't know i think last time i looked on apple uh we had something like 26 reviews which is that's awesome i really appreciate it but uh and i re- i really appreciate that it's 26 reviews and we're like 4.85 stars so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool too that one guy gave us one star <laughs> <laughs> so that you know your dad doesn't count um <laughs> so. he would do that too it probably was him i'm trying to break you down a notch yeah <laughs> your head's getting too big um, he would do that create an account and everything <laughs> so but uh, so rate and review whenever you can. I will really appreciate it. And really just um, we see our we see our download numbers every episode grow. Uh, and we really appreciate how much you all um, are sticking around with us and, and in for the long haul and uh, how much you share uh, the pod. It really means a lot mm-hmm. to see our numbers grow because that means you all, our listeners, are sharing with your friends, your family, your coworkers, whatever the case. Yep. And we love your opinions too. I'm going to throw this out there. If you've got a good idea for a topic or someone that you think would be a good guest on the show, that's not like super hard to get. Um, let us know because we'll look into that. Those are things we're, we're always interested in new topics. There's so much stuff that we don't even know about that we're discovering all the time. Let us know something cool to look into. We'll see if we can, you know, take a look yep. at it or at least talk about it on astral stew that that's yeah. for sure um so but we're gonna get out of here thank you guys so much for uh listening to fearscape paranormal podcast on the fearscape media network uh this has been stefan keep your eyes on the skies this has been josh the truth is now and remember folks hold those blankets tight things tend to get spooky when you're listening to fearscape good night everybody good night We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.